I'm Cam. I'm Casey. And we would be hanging out a lot this summer. But are unfortunately separated by quarantine. He's in Maryland. And he's in New Mexico. So we figured we'd start planning the road trip now. Every week we'll pitch a song to create the perfect road trip playlist. And probably veer off topic quite a bit. So this is Cam and Casey across the country. (laughs) (laughs) We have some things to talk about based on our intro last episode. True. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. I think we gotta I think we gotta recap our thoughts. The big three dropped. Although one of them one of them was a surprise appearance because Kanye didn't end up dropping. Yeah, we swapped out. We never talked about the Mr. Wives drop. I know we swapped out Kanye for Mr. Wives, which is a very happy uh swap out in my opinion. (laughs) Definitely a fan. You know, I am disappointed Kanye didn't drop. I think that would have been fun. I agree. I think it would have been fun. I'm glad Mr. Wives dropped. I can't say anything bad about it. Yeah, and I wasn't super, like, thrilled with the build-up to their album. Like, all of the songs on their previous EP were on the album, and I didn't love the EP at first. But the one, like, title track, Super Bloom, had been released for a while, and I really liked that. So I was like, okay, which direction is this album going to go? And it was pretty middle of the line. Like, I love Mr. Wives, Mm -hmm. but I think the album was, like, pretty long, and it was kind of hit or miss. Like, it was, like... 60 40 for like good tracks media there there aren't any bad tracks but it's just like tracks that i really like there's realistically only like three that i really would like save and put on repeat but i thought it was like a pretty good project not quite as good as their past two um but overall project and you know it's it speaks volumes to how good the big three were because i i think i you brought this up earlier um and i agree that mr wise probably had the quote-unquote worst drop agreed, of the three, agreed. but they were all still really good. Like, to yeah. say that Mr. Wives had the worst drop is really just a testament to how good the Taylor Swift and Logic drops were. Oh, for like, sure. They were the, both incredible. They were, yeah, Mr. Wives was the worst drop of the, the day, and it was, like, a, like, still, like, a 7 out of 10, 7.5 oh, yeah. out of 10. Definitely. But yeah, let's work our way up. Uh, out of Logic and Taylor Swift, which one was your favorite? Which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, man. They're so different. I love them I both. Know. Um, and honestly, I only listened to the Taylor Swift album all the way through once, I think. Okay. I've gone back and listened to a few songs. But super good. I think my only like major issue with it in terms of like ranking it second and thinking that Logic's album was better is that there wasn't a lot that separated folklore from her discography the same way that no pressure separated itself from logic's discography. If that makes sense. Like I feel like no pressure was much more of a standout project, which is odd even to me because folklore was not like Taylor Swift's usual country or pop vibes. It was Uh a deviation from the norm for Taylor Swift, but it almost to me felt like each song just kind of blended together and it just kind of felt like, I think because the album itself didn't have a lot of standouts of individual songs, it was just kind of like a very solid project throughout, uh-huh. that it, it doesn't have the same impact compared to other discography as much as No Pressure did. And that sure. could also be because Taylor Swift came into this not needing to prove anything, whereas um, Logic for, yeah, had a right. lot of on this <laughs> album. So because, totally. of how, because of how good Logic's project ended up being, I feel like there's a lot more positive emotions associated with it because it was kind of like, oh, thank God. Like, he's going out on a high note. Like, after yeah. four years of mediocrity, he brings out a banger. But with Taylor Swift, it was like, you know, her last project was Lover, which, which was fire. so good. It was so <laughs> yeah. good all the way through. It was like, when this one dropped, it was kind of a question of, is it going to live up to those expectations, to those standards? And I think it did its job perfectly fine. But I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it exceeded expectations but at the same time, it definitely wasn't a disappointment. So for me, that's kind of why her album wasn't quite number one and Logic's was. But okay. very, very good, phenomenal projects all the way through. I feel like I kind of disagree with you in the way that, like, I agree with you the fact that Taylor Swift's album doesn't stand out in her discography as terms of quality. I think it mm-hmm. stands out, like, pretty well as far as like theme and tone like it's very different from the other stuff that we've heard but like all of taylor swift's projects she doesn't have saving reputation she doesn't have a bad project and so like folklore doesn't stand out in terms of quality it's like just as good as all the other ones i would also Mm -hmm. argue that like i think it's my second favorite album of hers 
Okay. I loved yeah. folklore. I would say that I think folklore and no pressure are tied for me. Cause I think like a lot of times the first time I listen to an album, if it's really cohesive and really well done, it almost all sounds like one song. Like you can kind of distinguish mm-hmm. them. So I loved folklore. I think they're like beginning of the album up until exile is some of her strongest songwriting, like the first like five songs. Mm-hmm. And then it's a little long. I think it could have been shortened to maybe like 45 minutes. Cause I think it's what it's like 16 tracks almost. That's probably my only problem with it. And there are a few songs that I just like don't listen to, but that tends to be the case with like all of her albums. Lover was that way too. It was a little right. long. There were some songs that I thought were like pretty middle of the line, but like last green American dynasty, one of my favorites from her period exile. Oh, phenomenal. Song a perfect feature and i think the one is such a good opening to that album so i think taylor's is fantastic then no pressure i like is tied for the night Mm -hmm. i would probably the reason i would put logics a little bit higher is because i had such low expectations and he delivered like so well and i was just so happy with it like the fact that it he did go out on a high note and I have liked him for such a long time. Yeah, I was just like thrilled at the fact that it was really, really good. We also were completely wrong with the features. No features. No features. Well, there was one feature. It's just not. Um, yeah, Silas or something. Claimed. Yeah, it's like one of his friends, I think. Okay, not including mixtapes. It's my third favorite album, by for sure. Okay. Including mixtapes maybe fourth favorite project maybe even third i don't know because i love incredible true story i re-listened to it and i honestly think it's my favorite i kept going back and forth between under pressure and true story and now i'm pretty confident that it's true story and then under pressure and then no pressure as far as like albums go it's definitely better than everybody and it might Mm -hmm. be better than bobby tarantino i think bobby tarantino is just such a fun album or fun mixtape but yeah i think it's gonna take a little bit of time to see how no pressure agreed agreed Bobby Tarantino and Incredible True Story. I think it's going to come down to how well No Pressure ages in comparison to like the nostalgia um, of the other two projects, which I'm curious right. to see because this was a really good project. Not many misses. And even the songs that I thought were a little questionable at first have really grown on me. Yeah, I loved it. And then like final shout out of the day, I started, I listened to it because of the fact that Twitter was talking all about it. Um, I had never even heard of Flo Millie, but I listened to her album. Oh, yeah. Also very good. It was a phenomenal day for drops, like album drops. <laughs> it really was. Because Flo Millie was like, she has a TikTok song that you would definitely recognize. But like my only problem with her album is that all of the songs like thematically are basically the same thing. But that tends to be the case. With, I mean, that's the case with like Louis Capaldi's album. Like that's not necessarily a bad thing if it's like a fun. Right, um, exactly. Like, if that's what she wants to go for. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. And then as opposed to like really cohesive being like, oh, it's different, but the same. I was like, oh, it's kind of the same song over and over. And then the more I listened to some of the tracks, I'm like, okay, no, these are really, really good. These are really solid. <laughs> um, and she has some fantastic bars on that album. So I would even say that I liked Flo Millie's probably better than Mr. Wives. I would probably go subjectively. I would put Logic over Taylor. I think they were almost exactly the same, but because I'm just so happy that t- like Logic has the like final album being good, so like I'm I would put Logic ahead of Taylor, and then okay. Flo Millie and then Mr. Wise. That would be my ranking for the day. Yeah, I respect that. It was a crazy Friday, the best um, music release day of the summer for sure. Oh my god, it was awesome. But speaking of Logic, we got some guilty pleasures to talk about. <laughs> That was a good segue. <laughs> that was pretty good. That wasn't terrible. It was pretty accurate. Guilty pleasures. Yeah. How did you, what made you, I think you talked about this a little bit at the end of last episode, but what made you choose guilty pleasures as the topic for today? Well, I mean, it's the, this is the technically the last hour before we like hit, where we like hit the hay. And so we had the sort of like very melancholy, sad hour, then a much more upbeat to try and like bring the spirits up. And now we're approaching probably like, 1 a.m. area yeah so this is very goofy spirits are gonna be high before bed um just like having fun laughing so i think that's just sort of like what i wanted like just totally like nobody's mind is like sharp (laughs) at 1 a.m. especially if you've been in a car for 13 hours so exactly i'm just really like excited to talk about some songs that like are much sillier 
and I and I'm excited too because like I I think you and I both feel this way. I'm pretty shameless about my music, like especially with my friends. Like I don't really care. Like mm-hmm. I really don't have a guilty pleasure. Like if I like something, I'm gonna like yell at you for not liking it. So it's it's more of just sort of like the silly, goofy picks that people might not necessarily like agree with uh or see as like somewhat cringy but i think it'll just be like a fun way to end uh day one yeah cool well do you want to do you want to start it off do you want to go with the first one since this is yeah your, i'll start it's uh i don't know which one to start with i'll probably start with this one because it's the one that so i have one pick that everybody definitely knows and one pick that people probably don't know and since we were just talking about uh logic and like rap and stuff i'll start with that could have picked Logic, but I didn't. Instead, this is one of those top 40 hits. Top 40. I, this is one of those number one, Billboard number ones from the past Ooh. decade um, okay. that I feel like got lost in the shuffle. Everybody knows it. It's not like people forget about it. People forget about it in the sense that like don't talk about it because objectively, mm-hmm. it's really not that great of a song. But everyone was obsessed with it. It was a huge breakout. And it's one of those just like that I think people generally forget about. And then when it comes on, like people are just like super they're not even super excited. It's just like, we'll laugh. And it's just like completely (laughs) out there and stupid. And also most people clown this artist. Now I still kind of like this artist. I really like this album, even though you're, I'm not supposed to, um, it's not (laughs) all that solid of an album, but I love it. I know every, uh, song on it. So here's a, here's what we got. Hey, knock one more. Can we go thrift shopping? Holy You know I had all what I was expecting. You know I had to break oh out the god. heist. What, what, oh my god. What, Oh my god. What a bad song. What an absolutely atrocious song. Absolutely disgusting. But a fan favorite nonetheless. Oh my god, it's so fun. I know all the lyrics. I was I want I knew when I picked this topic that I wanted to do a Macklemore song. Because people don't because people really don't like Macklemore. I understand why. I tend to like Macklemore. I think he's a pretty like pretty talented, pretty fun artist. He seems relatively down to earth for celebrities, fairly politically conscious. So I like Macklemore a lot. I really liked this album when it first came out, probably because I'm a white kid from the suburbs. And I was like, ooh, rap, white kid. <laughs> it's how we all start. It's totally white boy rap. And I was like, I didn't know what song to pick because I know this entire album. And some of the songs of this album I actually think are genuinely pretty good. Like I think um, Neon Cathedrals is actually a fantastic song. But mm-hmm. so I almost picked one called Jimmy Iovine that is like really goofy and just really like, supposed to be hardcore but ultimately just kind of like falls flat and it's pretty silly but most people don't know that one and i thought this would be just a fun road trip song to like bring on and everybody would just kind of lose their minds it's yeah i'm, I'm speechless it really is <laughs> like the goofiest song and what you're saying earlier about like everyone kind of not liking him i think as counterintuitive as it sounds the most unfortunate thing to happen to his career was winning that grammy oh yeah because that's not his fault <laughs> for winning but for whatever reason the people in charge were like, this album is better than like everyone else who wrote Whatever it. reason, it's because he's like, white. They were like, thank God. <laughs> Caucasian. <laughs> All right. You're not wrong. But like that's, you know, it's just so unfortunate. Against like, on one, one of the hand, best like, years. Yeah. On one hand, you're like, awesome. I just won a Grammy. On the other hand, you're like, there's no way this project was better than, what was it, Good Kid, Mad City? No, it's was Pimp a Butterfly, or I was think. Was Butterfly? I forget which year it was. I think it was to Pimp a Butterfly. We're like, oh my God. Which like is that, nuts. <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason why Macklemore should have won that year. But because he all. did, everyone hates him for it. Even though it's not really his fault. <laughs> the, the worst thing that he did, though, was when he texted Kendrick, you deserve this award, and then posted that text on his Instagram. That was not a good look. That was not a fan of that stunt. <laughs> not, a, not a great idea. <laughs> but I think he's also, like, as an artist, like, the heist is really silly, but it's also, like, it's produced uh, independently. All the beats are pretty darn good. Uh, like, Ryan Lewis is a pretty good job. 
he's a really technically skilled rapper. So I don't know. I think the heist is pretty good. It's just really silly. And since then, he's also come into his own. The, the albums have not been as strong, but he is definitely a better artist. I'm also just kind of a big fan of like the stuff that he does outside of music too. Mm-hmm. Like he makes a lot of politically oriented songs, but none of them feel or like socially conscious songs. So like obviously like same love. Um, Neon Cathedral is about alcoholism, and for some reason, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is completely off base. None of it feels exploitative to me. Yeah, I don't know why, but I honestly feel like same love. I think you could probably make the argument for being like a little bit. <laughs> exploitative uh but i think it's a relatively like genuine song and it got like on the radio at a time that songs like that didn't get on the radio other than maybe like lady gaga and since then he has other songs that are that like kind of re uh reinforce his beliefs and you he also like you can see him like publicly doing things not just in his music he has a song too that not not many people know that's a single um that I could, I totally also can see why people wouldn't like this song. Uh, it's called White Privilege. And I really like it. It's really introspective from, like, it seems a little bit odd that maybe it gets released. Like, maybe that's the exploitative part. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe the proceeds go to a specific charity. Maybe they're, Maybe it's not for sale. I don't know. But it's kind of all about him as a white rapper grappling like with what Hmm. his privilege means and like why he can be so successful and win the Grammy and make it on the radio. Um, and his counterparts who are not white can't. So, and it's like split up into three sections and the, the, like there's some gospel singers on there that are really fantastic. And it's sort of about like, it's about going to actual marches. Also the music, like there's a lot going on in it. I really like it. So it never feels like he's exploiting somebody because he's a cis white guy. Um, and particularly a rapper, it genuinely feels like he wants to be a part of these movements and like say his piece, but not in a way that's taking anybody else out of it or like overshadowing anybody else. So I could be wrong. Maybe he's an, but like, (laughs) it seems like from the outside that way. And I don't know. I think he's like, a harm like kind of a harmless artist because he's so aware of his privilege maybe he's not harmless in terms of like the public perceiving him um who like won't listen to a black rapper and will listen to him but i don't know i think i I like him a lot i think it's just really fun man i just i can't when you play thrift shop i hate that the lyrics to the song weren't what came to my mind so much as the lyrics to one of our friends physics rap over <laughs> that beat instead oh i Shout don't even know that anymore because that that is ingrained like i i don't think i know it. the lyrics to i guess more the sound because i can i can hear like you know the first like punch of the sure song sure again but it's not in macklemore's voice it's jason's voice and it's throwing me off because oh, I that's just, terrible like, I it was that. jarring to hear macklemore's voice on this beat. <laughs> like, this is not right so thank you, Jason, for um, giving me a memory I will never forget in regards to Thrift Shop. <laughs> yeah, this is just such a silly song. It's so fun. I think Macklemore deserves a little bit more credit than he gets. But yeah, that's Thrift Shop. Go thrift shopping. It's nice. fun. It's enjoyable. Support your local thrift shops. Support your local thrift shops. Uh, but what's what's your good. first guilty pleasure? I'm very excited. Well, I'm torn because both of mine kind of relate to your pick. Like okay. They're both similar in different ways, but I think I'm going to go with the rap one first cool. to go down that avenue. Um, it's pretty upbeat. It's pretty energetic. Um, but it's I chose it as a guilty pleasure because a YouTuber made this song. Like, he's way more known for being a YouTuber than oh, he is. I know exactly who it is. Rapper. So it's not like... It's a little bit weird to be like, I like this song. Oh, yeah, it's made by... <laughs> someone who isn't whose sole career isn't just music you know he right does YouTube sure. for a living that's what logic does now yeah he did the he went the opposite direction he yeah he did the exact other way <laughs> but uh yeah this guy he dropped an album earlier this year called dissimulation it uh exceeded expectations and was even given a four by anthony fantana <laughs> pretty high considering a youtuber made it so oh, that's hilarious but it had features including offset and trippy red so Definitely the biggest YouTube rapper out there, but this is Killa Killa by KSI. Really? So don't be 
But you know the internet, I kill all of that 20 million when I see the net, I made all of that Even when I'm in, I see the vet, I'm an animal They know I'm eating up the threat like I'm Hannibal I got no reason Anthony Fantano's biggest, um like point biggest negative about the album because he liked it for the most part he was pretty surprised by its quality and he liked it but his biggest complaint was that the whole project kind of felt like a travis scott ripoff you can like hear the trap vibes and the auto tune like a lot of it comes across as like if travis scott were to say these bars it would fit totally i get that but half the time i honestly don't even consider travis scott like a rapper like he doesn't Mm -hmm. really rap all the time like this you could say there's a cheap knockoff of travis scott because travis scott is just such a more interesting developed artist but i don't know i wouldn't even put them in the same category travis scott is just like yeah doing much more creative things i think like he just he definitely has a, a unique sound and i think yeah, very that's, unique. that's kind of pervaded through most of music you know it's hard to say oh, oh okay so i ripped off travis scott it's like well if you're gonna go that everywhere far, everyone's done it like he it's not a genre of its own, but it's a very unique sound that has become very popular over the last couple of years. Um, so I can't fault KSI for going down that route because it's technically his first album, like real solo album. So to not just try and do his own thing, like solely an individual unique project and kind of take inspiration from other big artists, I don't see as a downside. Oh yeah. And I mean, Travis Scott got like a bunch of flack early on in his career for ripping off Future and Future got mm-hmm. flack for ripping off T-Pain. Like anybody exactly. who uses autotune as like not just like a supplement, but as like the core gets kind of ridiculed for being like other people before him. But like Travis Scott has definitely set himself apart from Future. Future was obviously very different from T-Pain. So exactly, it's just another device. It's like almost a genre at this point, which is really cool. I mean, honestly, the biggest thing that I can fault KSI for is some of his bars. And Anthony Fantano also <laughs> mentions this, but like in a song that KSI recently featured on, his opening line is, I forget exactly what it is, but I think it's, I'm feeling myself like a fat man with a peng ting. Oh yeah, you said that. Yeah, And yeah. it's such a questionable bar. Like I know what he's going for, but it's like, there's so many better ways you could have put that. <laughs> Why was your first instinct to go with the fat man with a peng ting bar? Like, either one, have you been holding on to that bar for a while and you've just been waiting to use it, or did you just need to come up with something real quick? Um, and it's kind of, there are a few instances of those across the project. Um, basically, I mean, if anyone's curious, Anthony Fantano points them all out in his review. So you can go check <laughs> We're that just out, reiterating but... what he said. Exactly. But honestly, like, given that he isn't solely a musician, and he's trying to get into that industry and solidify himself as someone who's serious about making music. I think this was a very good, promising solo project. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like when creative people are pigeonholed into one one sector of a thing. Like, I, I get the criticism that people will say, like, if you make it in one area, you everybody wants to make music. Because I mean, I think I've said mm-hmm. this on the podcast before that I think everybody does want to make music deep down. um that like now you have a platform okay i'm gonna do it but i actually think some people like first of all some people are talented enough to do that um and have made their career like there are a bunch of actors who made their career as actors and then said like i've wanted to direct the whole time it's just so happened that i did this first right yeah or singers who have wanted to become actors or whatever like there's so many people who kind of go back and forth like jamie fox justin timberlake like so many people do that kind of thing and also, I don't know much about KSI. I don't watch him. But given his public persona, having a rap career makes a lot of sense. Um, like, he's one of the people that I think, like, first of all, a name like KSI sounds like a rap name, like, right off the mm-hmm. bat. And then his public persona of being, like, somewhat, like, over the top and not, like, angry, but, like, kind of in your face. He's very braggadocious. He has a very big yeah. personality. Like, that makes a lot of sense um, to move into the rap genre, particularly, like, the niche that he wants to fit into. So I honestly wouldn't criticize him for being an artist because it's, like, maybe his album's not great, but that's not necessarily a fault of, like, there are a bunch of, like, musicians whose albums are not great. So it's, like... Oh, yeah. And there's such, like, a stigma. There's definitely a stigma because of how many YouTubers have tried to end the music. Big names that come to mind are, like... Ray Scum 
or Jake Paul, you know, like the big YouTubers who are trying to get to other avenues and they've consistently been failures at doing so. Right. They've never kind of gotten a good grip on the music industry that never really broken through. And so for KSI to kind of be the first to do so is impressive. You know, it kind of is breaking that stereotype, if you will, of like, oh, you either do YouTube or music, not both. It doesn't work. You know, once you're a full-time YouTuber, that's it. But then again, there are other people like Nikki and Maisie Peters who started off on of course, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were making music as their YouTube videos, but like YouTube is just another platform to get yourself known, to make a name for yourself. And so whether it's making FIFA videos like KSI was known for back in the day or directly making music and to the day still making music, it's just a platform. Like there's no yeah. reason why people can't, use YouTube as a means to get into the music industry, regardless of what type of videos you're making. So I think it's really cool that he pursued it. He went for it. He's been doing it for a while now, but this was definitely the first time he's gotten a project out there that people have kind of taken notice of and been like, okay, that's like a a really good, solid project. This doesn't sound half-assed. Like this sounds professional. This sounds real. This sounds like a musician made this. So I give my right. props to KSI. That's pretty sick that um, he really put a lot of, it sounds like he put a lot of time and effort into it, really tried to make it sound good and establish himself as an artist rather than just a YouTuber making music. Yeah, it kind of sounds like KS. I mean, because if you look at somebody like Jake Paul, it's like his fan base is primarily very young, easily manipulated, so, like, if he puts out a song, he's going to get a ton of money and a ton of views, regardless of how good it is. KSI mm-hmm. is a huge platform. I don't know the primary audience of his platform. I assume it's, like, teens, like, relatively young, too, but not quite as young as Jake Paul. So, like, but this is, like, a full-length album. He seems to have been working as a musician for a good period of time. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that it's, like, it doesn't seem like just a cash grab. Maybe it is a cash grab because, like, I mean, he did, like, fight people, too. It's like, <laughs> like you, uh, YouTubers kind of have that stigma against them of, like, just going where the money is. But, like, so yeah. everybody, I guess. Um, this feels a lot more legitimate at the very least. I also think YouTubers are in this weird, like, little box because of the fact that it's such a new, like, legitimate profession. Like, I still – I think people – there are still people who don't see YouTube as, like, an actual career. Mm-hmm. And it very clearly is. So the fact that it's such a new career, the like stereotype of YouTuber is is a very specific thing that then if they branch out to anything else, feels like either completely shallow, completely like a money grab or really bad or just because now they have a platform, I'm going to do whatever I want, um, like very vain. But I mean, if you look at somebody like, like Cody Ko and Noel Miller, they did music on youtube because they were youtubers and because they wanted to kind of like make fun of it and now they're actually taking the career a little bit more seriously so they found yeah, that's a good example their own creative outlet um musically and like the fact that the internet in general is still held up as like kind of a negative like a stigma of like gaining a career online is like i mean not really with our generation but it's like kind of frowned upon like a little bit but like mm-hmm. the biggest artists artists of our generation, like Justin Bieber was discovered on YouTube, Sean Mendez was discovered on Vine. Like, yeah, I just think That's it's crazy. like odd that YouTubers are kind of put into this one box when very clearly it's a very legitimate career that people are super talented. A lot of people are super talented, and like anything, like this, it's gonna rise to the top. And mm-hmm. I mean, you listen to Billboard Top Forty. 85% of it is stuff that you wouldn't listen to again. Yeah. So like anything, the bad stuff is going to, because it's just so palatable, just so easy. Um, but there's some really great YouTubers who are also really talented in other fields. Definitely. Yeah. Multimedia. I don't want to say influencers. I hate that word. I hate but that it's term. Like really the, it's like the only title they've been given that isn't just, that kind of like branches across medium content creator i've heard that but content it's like, creator, like what does that mean yeah it is interesting and I'm, I'm happy that it's slowly getting more recognition as real if that makes Agreed. sense you know, not everything is just written off as a joke 
Um, but yeah, that's my first guilty pleasure. Shout out to KZI. KZI. <laughs> Having a stroke on the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out to KSI. Good project. He got a yeah, four it's out of I like it. Montano, so you got his stamp of approval. I might have to check it out. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, for my second one, there were a lot of choices that I could have gone with. So like couple honorable mentions of people who I could have picked who are somewhat guilty pleasures that I do really enjoy. Like, could have gone Hamilton. I tend to skip that when it comes on. But, like, <laughs> if everyone knows the raps, like, it's fun to do. But it's kind of, like, definitely a little cringy. Could have done a Magic Draggies. I mean, could have done Logic. They're probably, like, I could have done, like, a K-pop song or something. But the one that I picked, I picked because I recently rediscovered it. Okay. I was driving around with my sister. So this is the one that I don't think people probably probably don't know. Some people may may know it because it's also in a soundtrack that I didn't realize. But I was driving around with my sister the other day, and um, she was talking about what song she wanted to play first when she gets her license because she's going to supposedly get it in about a week if she passes. Whoa. Nice shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and close. next episode, we'll know. But she was trying to pick it and I knew that we had a specific CD in our car. So I like took it out, waved it in her face and she was like, yeah. So I put it on um, <laughs> and it's a soundtrack. I'll just say it. it's the Kim possible soundtrack. Oh yes. Um, and it's phenomenal. It's like, it's a soundtrack that I think was only really was made for the TV show, but a lot of the songs don't even appear in the TV show. Like it's only on the soundtrack and I listened to it all the time when I was a kid. So these songs are like, ingrained in my head and some of them like it's nostalgia talking but it's also like cheesy sort of like tween music that i love that's just so fun (laughs) and so the one that i picked is super goofy it also isn't like relevant to kim possible i wanted to pick one that kind of like existed outside of kim possible because well i think my favorite one has like kim possible like references in the song but this one also appears on the aquamarine soundtrack is what i'm finding out so it seems like that's what it's from. So people might know it from that, but I know it from the Kim Possible soundtrack. It's called Summertime Guys by Nikki Cleary. When I saw him diving, diving deep into the deep and I just had to ask my girlfriend who he was. She said, I don't know his name, but he's been sweating you all day, so maybe you should dive in with him, girl, because summer's here. Oh, dude, I love that song. It's so, so fun. That was amazing. I can, that's the type of song you pull up to the hotel listening to. Every, you start seeing like lights come on through the windows because people are waking up to it because <laughs> <laughs> they're playing it so loud. But like, oh, what are you going to oh, do? It totally. has to be played out loud. It has to be played out loud and jammed too. Dude, I was blasting it on like when we were driving up our driveway and my neighbors were like looking at us. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a super fun, like, it feels like the last day of school, fourth grade. Like, it feels like you're getting <laughs> out of school. It's all about, like, summer, and it's, like, cheesy. It's, like, it's called Summertime Guys. It's, like, these girls, like, obsessing over this new guy. And so it's, like, kind of about love, but, like, not really. It's just about, like, having a dumb crush on or, like, thinking somebody's cute or, like, perfect. kind of, like, <laughs> um, fa- like fawning over somebody. And... Mm. Like, at one point, she's like, he invited me to a party at the beach at 7.30. It's like, the summer <laughs> 7.30, like, the sun is very much out. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, they... So wholesome. It totally was made for Aquamarine, because it's like, they're, they're at the pool, and then they're at the beach. If you don't know, if anybody doesn't know, Aquamarine is a mermaid movie from Nickelodeon, I think. But yeah, I think, like, like we're not going to get fully into it today, because we're both really tired, but, like... Songs for like younger audiences and then also songs for like primarily female audiences are generally like frowned upon and seen as like cringy or cheesy or bad. Mm-hmm. And I love them. They're so fun. They're so there's such like a a break from the norm. And I know that sounds like, oh wow, so insightful. <laughs> but like the way I mean that is the songs that you're like supposed to enjoy are just talking about things that we already have to experience on a day-to-day life. Like, it's mm-hmm. nice to listen to these songs where it's, like, either remembering times when you were younger or just to, like, kind of listen to an experience, that feeling of, like, just being attracted to somebody. Like, back in the day, there weren't 
any like con- like if you were a third grader there Into wasn't like oh my god loved. you weren't like what is love that's not a thought <laughs> you had you're just like this person's really cute like that's all it is like it's so innocent and that's yeah. a nice break from like these other songs some of which we've talked about in the last couple episodes where it's just like what's going on i don't understand what i'm feeling <laughs> it's just yeah. so like complicated but this is so simple it's so innocent it's just like you know it's everyone's crushing on the new kid this is also so silly because it is like it's the perception of teenage young love that you have when you're in like third grade like it's Mm -hmm. not real like it does like the whole song is like them it's like uh, like a group of girls like friends at like a pool or a beach and then seeing like the new kid and being like, go talk to him. Like, he's really cute. Like that doesn't really happen. Like, like, <laughs> like any sort of like Disney channel, Nickelodeon, like show that's about high school. It's like, that's not what high school is like, but like, that's the fun television PG version of it. And I kind of right. like it. It's like naive and like enjoyable and super like just easy to listen to. And this one is a totally fun, like blasting song, completely shameless yeah, I like I love this one. I, I'm gonna put it on my summer playlist. It's so great. That's this is the entire soundtrack for this is good. There's like Smash Mouth is on this soundtrack for Kim Possible. <laughs> I think like Ali and AJ are on it. It's such a good soundtrack. Oh my god. Highly recommend It's Just You by LMNT. Very good one. Yeah, oh it's great. So yeah, this is my guilty pleasure because it's just so feels like it feels like a nice warm hug (laughs) no that's not true it doesn't feel like that at all it feels like it's a nice sentiment it feels (laughs) like signing your yearbook in third grade oh my god well you have like pizza grease all over your fingers because it's like when you have to when you like have to figure out like something original to use your signature as that was the worst oh my god (laughs) and then you get hags and you're like i thought we were friends Dude, nothing stung like getting hags from your crush. Oh my god. Bro, nothing stung like seeing your crush write a heart in someone else's ear. Like, <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> you're like, oh. Uh, nothing stung like you're... you're a great friend from your crush. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Bro, okay. So I feel like we haven't, we talked about YouTubers for a good amount, but like, not to bring up a whole new conversation topic, we can talk about it briefly. Yeah, go for it. But like, how intense were like your crushes when you were younger oh dude insane really for sure like definitely like the very stereotypical like if this person doesn't like me back it's the end of the world kind of situation you know what i mean where it's just like so we're talking i'm I'm talking like what when are when are you talking like kind of what time frame for you this is like okay okay. so after lower school when it's just kind of like you're beyond the like oh girls have cooties face like you're beyond that but you're not you're not cooties dying we're in fourth grade but also before like you get to the age of like before after girls have cooties before girls have boobies (laughs) exactly this is the time we're talking about where it's just kind of like like some of the ones i had were so ridiculous like they're i mean Operation Fire Some Breather. Of it probably Operation Fire Breather was totally different because I was in lower school, so that was Damn. definitely a girl's <laughs> crush. But middle school was like you could get feelings with someone without even talking to them. Like, oh, I definitely yeah, think yeah. after crushes I had were just kind of like from seeing someone. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was just so ridiculous. Like it didn't make any sense. It wasn't like there was no connection there. It was purely just like damn and you know that's like that's uh, it sounds terrible to say but that's basically all all it was but then that that little spark just kind of took takes over your world for a little bit you're like well <laughs> if if they don't if they don't if they don't see me and think damn to themselves like this is it this is this is the end of the world this is <laughs> this is the end times yeah there is um i honestly like it's funny that you mentioned that because i think i mean maybe maybe other people do but like when you're younger, like you don't have to talk to them and you get a really heavy crush on them just because they're like mm-hmm. in your general vicinity. At this point, we've seen so many attractive people over the course <laughs> of our life that like 
it's not the same. Like I don't develop a like an intense crush on somebody unless I know them really well. Right. Like, I mean, I fall in love with everybody that I meet, like a little bit. <laughs> um, like I like I'll kiss you on the lips if you like <laughs> if we've like had a one talk. Just if you smile at me during the day, <laughs> if you talk to me, I have definitely thought about dating you. Like regardless <laughs> of your gender, but like for like an intense crush that like even like middle school would be that you like think about mm-hmm. a good amount. Yeah. I don't think there is that level of like, like I have to have some sort of a connection now that, that, that yep. didn't happen back then. Cause I don't think I had like severe crushes until probably like seventh grade, like middle school. And when that happened, yeah, the girl I had a crush on, I like barely talked to. I don't think shout out. Oh yeah. No, you never <laughs> <laughs> calling her out. <laughs> See, the thing is like, I want you to censor that, but I feel like even if you didn't, there's no way. <laughs> I think for legal reasons, I'm gonna have to censor that out. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't need to. I don't need to call around the middle of this uh, <laughs> podcast. Part of what made like middle school crushes so intense too is we were so bad at getting in our heads about it because mm-hmm. eventually the boys would find out. There's no way <laughs> either. Like at least your group of friends doesn't know. And if right. I'm being realistic, there's a good chance the whole grade finds out at some point. And it's just like everyone's like everyone kind of knows about it but at least for us because our grade wasn't that big you know our grade was like 50 people we were close enough that it was something where like everyone would know about it but not necessarily talk about Uh (laughs) so it's just like there's this immense pressure on you odds are the other person is very aware of the situation but everyone is so (laughs) socially awkward because it's like seventh grade like the second biggest concern after that is making sure you get to homeroom on time. <laughs> like nothing matters. <laughs> so, bro, the like I was so shameless about it. I started a band in seventh grade <laughs> solely, and not like a band so that she would be impressed. Like I invited her to be in the band. Those kinds of things. It's funny. I never really sent it when I was. That was young. the hardest I, I ever sent it. Oh my god! I was so afraid of messing up or like having people like joke to me about it that like i was always just like i can't do it like i can't do anything i'm just gonna sit here and do my thing and hope to god that she makes the first move <laughs> like that was the strat back in the day older now i'm doing the ridiculous stuff like i faked needing help on math homework for an entire god. semester to get close to you know what i mean like now yeah, I'm, yeah. now i don't care it's like whatever I find the thing that I miss the most is like being in school all the time. So like people would only have crushes on those people. So it's like everyone is in this cesspool of like wanting to kiss <laughs> each other and nobody has any experience or any knowledge or like yeah. anything to draw on. And now no. like there is that level of also none of it was really digital at that point, like middle school. Like there was the introduction of like Instagram and Snapchat, but it was so in its infancy at that point that nothing right. it, it basically like was the same it basically was just like middle school but online like there wasn't a different realm for it um mm. and so now there's that like whole kind of social awkward dynamic but it's like oh do i open their snapchat after two minutes which is like <laughs> i get it and i like part of it like the game is still kind of like fun a little bit but also in college there's like varying levels of emotional intelligence like if i like somebody i'm going to be like hey can we go on a date okay cool i'm going to move on like i'm not going to like wallow in it nearly as much as i would have um so the whole like oh do they like me do they not is like kind of a fun game even though it's like oh, super anxiety inducing it's just kind of like yeah i kind of miss that like a little bit of that cuz it's just so like low and high stakes at the same time Bro, um, shout out first semester sophomore year. I went through that for a semester. Best, best I remember semester that. so far. <laughs> yeah, because like that doesn't ha- I just don't think that happens as much in college and like in in middle school. Yeah, oh my god. I never like am nostalgic for middle school as much as I want to be. Uh I think about <laughs> high school so much more often. Uh but that's so ridiculous. Oh, it's god, so damn. crazy. The fact that I like never we'll, we'll talk about we'll have like a middle school day that'll be fun we'll do that well it's funny you say that because my next song is about middle school so hey, we're guys, continuing hey, the conversation guys, hey, guys. <laughs> um but this song I consider it a guilty pleasure because like your first song this was immensely popular when it came out like it cool. may have even been the number one song it was played all the time but when I either first started hearing it or got into it was 
around the same time that I thought I was moving in eighth grade. Okay. And so like, because of the tone of the song and the vibes, I, it, it connected very well with feelings of what I thought were going to be memories of key. I was like, I'm leaving like this is my last year. And so those kind of feelings are directly tied to this song and will forever be like, whenever I hear the song, that's what I think of. But this is Best of My it. Life by American Authors. Okay, okay, okay. Not what I was thinking right away, but makes a lot of sense. because it's almost more of a nostalgia song because like i can i remember like the restaurant and like the day and the setting of like being told like my parents sitting me down and being like we're moving (laughs) like (laughs) i remember that and like that's a little that's a little a bit much for this episode so we're not gonna get too into that but like this song because everyone you know we were slowly approaching that point in our lives where it was like, oh, your favorite song is the radio hit? Like, damn, like, you gotta, like, get more underground. <laughs> you gotta get SoundCloud. You like the song um, that everyone else likes? You idiot. <laughs> so, at the time, besides our one other friend who also really liked American Authors, I was just kind of like, damn. Like, this is just kind of like, I have to listen to this kind of, like, on my own. I'm like, yeah, know, I can't, like, it was definitely a guilty pleasure. Um, but now it's like totally different. Now it's just like very synonymous with that time period and very much a feeling like I got like simultaneously I have to make the most out of eighth grade, but also I'm burning every bridge because I know there's no return. <laughs> I was like, I've done this. Time. This is the third time doing this. Like I know what's up. I'm just like, yeah. I'm out of here. Like I know it. And it wasn't until after almost every bridge was burned. Thank God I was still pretty good with the boys. Um, shout out to Will, except for us. We hated each other, but I love you now, so it's okay. We'll ha- yeah, we'll have him on a couple episodes. Now. <laughs> Everyone else, though, besides the boys, I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm leaving. Like, if I, if I like you, sick, I'll hang out with you until I leave. But if not, like, so, like who cares? I'm done. And then, like, a month before school's out, my parents were like, eee. <laughs> so freshman year freshman year was a little weird trying to like yeah. <laughs> half of a grade still thought i was leaving so when i posted up on the first day they were like what the <laughs> like what, what are you doing but yeah i love this song as corny and cheesy as it is um fantastic bro do you remember <laughs> speaking of middle school and like the, like listening to popular music in secret do you remember because of like I love the tweet that's like masculinity is a prison because of that whole thing. You and I, when we would hang out, would like put on music just so we could like sing out loud together. Oh yeah. Do you remember oh, that? Yes. Dude, that was perfect. Oh my yep. God. I loved those. <laughs> that was um, fantastic. Uh, could you imagine if you left? Oh my God. Bro, that, it's weird thinking about that because I'm currently sitting in the very city I would have moved to four years or six oh, years ago sure. but like now i'm like imagine i don't know why this crossed my mind as often as it does but like imagine that like time travel was real and like right. so i could go back to my eighth grade self and be like yeah like your parents live in new mexico um in fact i've lived in new mexico i'm living in new mexico right now eighth grade me would have been like well duh we moved there <laughs> but like looking at it like it's so weird that like i ended up staying in maryland for four years all of high school stayed at key school ended up going to the university of maryland yeah for college but then my parents moved to new mexico that same year i go to college so it was just delayed by four years right i think about it all the time like little i mean i think a lot of people think about this but like whether it's big or little like pinpointing choices in your life or like moments in your life that if it had gone a different direction drastically would have changed the direction of where you oh, where you are dude. now yes wait okay hold on because i have like a really big one what was what's like okay. the biggest one for you that was like the that biggest you can remember one? kind of being like yeah i want to say the biggest one like for most people okay i'm gonna disclude college because that's right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. anywhere you could have gone Honestly, there's – I would probably say, like – dude, I don't want to use school as a thing. I was about this the other day. I won't, I won't like, explain the uh, – like, act, like, what actually happened. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, sure. there was a point last summer, 4th of July, <laughs> that <laughs> as it was a oh, terrible Lord. event. It was the worst. the worst decision I had ever made, probably. Um, <laughs> not, not worst decision, just like worst mistake that I'd ever made. Like it was a very mm-hmm. poor judgment on my part. Like very ego-driven, very bad. And as bad as that was, if that had gone differently, where I am right now, like emotionally, I don't think that I would be in the position that I am. I don't think that mm-hmm. I would be nearly as like – I don't want to say happy, like content. Like, I feel like I have gone through the most amount of emotional growth since that point. Cause I had never been in the position where I like really, really fucked up. Like I've obviously like made mistakes before. Um, and I've made like big mistakes, but with emotional stakes that transcended just me and like really affected other people, um, Mm -hmm. that had never happened to me before. And so like, having to apologize and then take accountability both like in the moment and then far after that doesn't have any impact on the people that I like kind of like screwed with at that point. So like the amount of sort of emotional growth that I've gone through since then is so much more than I'd gone through, like even in four years of high school. Um, And it was like, it really sucked for a long, for like a, a lot of it. And there was like a lot of guilt with it. But I wouldn't be in the position that I am like emotionally now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. I'm not gonna say that I'm glad that it happened. But like, you can say you came out a better person. I you did know, come out a better happened, person. It was something to learn from. And some of my relationships did not. <laughs> and like, uh, that's a big part of like why I'm like sorry that it happened and like the unfortunate mm-hmm. aspects of it. But I do feel like I have grown um, as a person like since then. Yeah. And to like, like realize that like I'm not beyond mistakes. That like <laughs> I can like really mess up and really mess up other people, and that it's like got to take accountability. So I, I think that was probably yeah. the biggest one recently. Having an experience where you're like, I'm not perfect. Like having that first major, mm-hmm. not even necessarily like a mistake happen, but just a major decision that you've made that afterwards you you're kind of doubting yourself. You're like, oh. Like, I'm not going to make the correct decision every time. I'm fa- I'm like, I'm valuable to mistakes. I don't even know that's a mm-hmm. word, valuable. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like that kind of moment totally. where you're just like, damn, like. <laughs> I had, it's crazy. I had never f***ed up that bad. Like, that was by far the worst thing that I've ever done for like every party that was involved. And like. I had felt guilty for things before, mostly probably when I was like younger and like learning what guilt was, um, like eating the last cookie or whatever. But right, yeah, the like actual like physical feeling of guilt is beyond. Like it's so bad. <laughs> like it's so much worse than anything I'd ever felt before. Um, when your actions cause someone else to feel horrible, you know what I mean? Like for yeah. When- like it's one thing if you make a mistake and you're like damn like i've f-ed up yeah but like that's on me like that's one thing you're like damn i'm a dumbass but like i can come back from this right but when your decision impacts others and like you're no longer you you can't impact how they're feeling you've already done the deed there's no like yeah per se or like they just got to deal with it because of you that sucks <laughs> you're like oh I, my god and it's one of those things that like i had also never been through a point in my life that like the relationship not like romantic just like relationship in general had come to almost an end like had kind of just like blown up in my face at a specific moment like most of the time it like fizzles out or like we're just like not really as close anymore or whatever right. um and being able to like credit that back to me that it's like my mistake that I did um mm-hmm. was definitely something that I like had to sort of like own up to and learn um, and was like really difficult and was like, it was a relationship that I really enjoyed for a lot of it. And like a very meaningful relationship in my life that because of my own actions, uh, mm-hmm. was like pretty much uprooted. And so like, that was very difficult, but something that felt necessary to learn whether it was like at that point in my life or later on in my life, or, um, at least useful to learn that it's like, I'm not, yeah, like invincible. Um, yeah. 
to just because like I present myself as like charismatic and caring and I want to be empathetic towards people like I'm not Superman and like I can still ruin it uh was definitely like a big life lesson that I had to learn that was like if I hadn't learned that lesson or that hadn't happened I would probably be in a very different place right now but that's like pretty that's pretty big what's you said you have a big one though what is yours so mine because of when I was born in like late September, I was always on the fence between two grades. Uh-huh. And so in my, in lower school, the first school I ever went to, kindergarten through second grade was just kind of one grade. So like I had friends at every level. Like we, okay. we didn't even really know the grade distinction. And so halfway through kindergarten, my teachers kind of like sit me down. Um, eventually my parents got involved and they're like, we're thinking about moving you up a grade. Okay. And in my head, I'm thinking like, duh, like, of course, like, this just means I'm better than all my, you know, like, I was very self-centered. I was like, yeah, of course, I want to do it without knowing any of the implications of what that would mean for the rest of my life. Right. A whole different set of people that I go through school with. You know, I went from the class of 2019 to the class of 2018. Mm-hmm. I went to school, to college a year earlier than I would have. Like, yeah. all the friends I have now and have had for the past, like, 10, 15 years I wouldn't have had, they would have been different because I would have been in a different grade exposed to different people. And like that, like that has so many repercussions down the line. Like talk about the butterfly effect, like one little word that I said, when I said yes to moving up a grade had no idea. (laughs) All the people I would end up meeting, all the people I wouldn't end up meeting, you know, all the relationships with people I would have and not have because of that decision. Like, the rest of my life was changed for that. Now, of course, obviously I'm fine with that decision. Like I have no regrets about that time, but like little kindergarten me, you know, halfway through the year, making the decision to move up to first grade instead of finishing my year as a kindergartner, literally just doing it because I was a spiteful little and was just like, I'm smarter <laughs> than my friends, uh-huh. having no clue about like how much that would change my life later on. I have no idea what my life would be like. If I didn't do that, probably wouldn't be making this podcast right now. Not, not at all. <laughs> but like, it's crazy to think about like one little word. If I just said no, like in that moment, uh-huh. I made a choice. Yes or no. And that one word <laughs> was like a fork <laughs> in the road, you know, that with so many different possibilities along each one. And sometimes I think about that and it's like, it's not, there's no regret. There's no anything like that. But that the moment of my life where I made the biggest decision of my life came when i was like maybe five years old which is crazy to think about yeah i think like i love the multiverse theory like i love thinking that like the choices that we make could go in a completely different direction and there's a version of myself that made that choice Mm -hmm. because like yeah that yeah because the farther back you go obviously the more different your life is going to be but that's one that's like a very clear yes or no decision that Mm would have yeah dude class of 2019 it's funny because i don't like i can't even like think of you in the grade below us because like i associate <laughs> them with like 2019 and, like us with 2018 or whatever yeah but yeah that could have happened you're technically the same age um, Yeah, dude that's crazy to think about it's so weird thinking about those things oh my god yeah this was a long one this is the last episode of the first day. We've made it to the hotel now. Yeah, we made it to the hotel. We're We're, we, are, we actually didn't map like the states, though. We're probably what? So we are roughly in like... We're somewhere between Tulsa and Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. I don't know what between Tulsa and Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky, but that's somewhere <laughs> in the middle. That's where we are. Okay. So we're in the middle of the country. Yep. Um, we're at some dingy motel. About to get Denny's. Nah. <laughs> Bro, this podcast is actually sponsored by Denny's. Great job. Uh, <laughs> what's your theme for when we wake up? What are we gonna what are we gonna listen to when we wake up? So given that it's the first hour of day two, so the end is in is is near. We're more than halfway. But we gotta start off on a good note. So we gotta get our coffee. We have to have a good breakfast. We have to be in good spirits. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So these are these are songs to get you prepared for what's ahead. These are songs that you need to get in the right mindset to start a day off right. And what better genre for that than workout songs? The Bro, you took mine. High, oh, that was going to be my routine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this mine, is my how routine. we start the road trip. <laughs> oh, <Sorry. man. laughs> 
Dude, I'm excited though. That's a great topic. Yeah, man. Any any genre goes. If your workout music is rap, then pick a rap song. If it's dubstep, we're listening to dubstep, baby. <laughs> I should pick a dubstep song. I'm gonna go out of my wheelhouse. Do it, man. Love to hear it. This was good. Well done. Uh, I like how every episode we like pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> we're like, good job. Yeah, good episode. Good. This good was, episode. Good episode. Uh, killing it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. We've made it halfway across the country now. <laughs> yeah, for now. Thank Don't you for listening. To like and subscribe. Hit that bell for notifications. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> see you on the flippity flip. <laughs>